Hey everyone, and welcome back to Inside the Morgue Christmas Special. We're your hosts and holiday autopsy techs, Jess and Alice. For this little Christmas special, we found a few spooky Christmas origin stories to share with you all. So let's get into it. We got this from a BuzzFeed article titled, These 17 Creepy Origins Behind Christmas Traditions Are Truly Terrifying. And this is by Amy Glover. The first one that comes up, I feel like everybody's heard of this one. So some European stories involve Krampus. Is it Krampus or Krampus, or does it matter? I feel like I've always said Krampus, but I, I think potato, you're right. potato. Maybe I'm just being snooty, and I'm like, Krampus, the <laughs> horned beast who kidnaps children. Krampus. He's got to be. You have to do your pinky out when you. He's an English fellow. You got to have your pinky out when you say Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> so according to BuzzFeed, Alpine folklore tells of Santa's evil counterpart, Krampus, a chain-dragging, birch-wielding, child-kidnapping, half-goat monster. He sounds fun. He sounds like he should be our friend. Yeah. <laughs> we should have him as a guest. So the 5th of December is Krampusnacht. I'm definitely saying that wrong. A holiday that's still observed in some European countries. So on this day, Krampuses storm through Alpine towns in evil-looking costumes and as if this isn't scary enough apparently the costume wearers get drunk and rowdy ruining property Ooh, maybe don't do that that's not fun <laughs> I think I've seen TikToks of this for real yeah I definitely saw a TikTok of this of like people dressed up as Krampus walking around and like in a parade and they they were like scary scary costumes I wanted to go hang out with them oh gosh i don't think i've ever seen, i'm not on that side of tiktok i know it was a weird <laughs> I, it was on a weird side of t- i'm on a lot of weird side of tiktoks <laughs> i'll send my brother and sister tiktoks and they're like where what part of tiktok are you on this is this is weird <laughs> i'm like sorry <laughs> so number two is carolers used to break into landlords homes and demand their best food and wine same. We should do this again. <laughs> Forget trick-or-treating. The truly terrifying door-to-door celebrations of the 1700s came from carolers. Bands of young men went to lords' doors, demanding their best food and drink by any means necessary, singing lyrics like, We've come here to claim your rights, and if you don't open up your door, we'll lay it flat upon the floor. Oh my god. Well, that was a cute little rhyme. Yeah, it rhymed. Give me your food. <laughs> <laughs> One landlord from Salem took the carolers to court in 1679. His suit claimed they threw stones, bones, and other things. They continued to throw stones for an hour and a half with little intermission. They also broke down about a pole and a half of fence, being stone wall and a cellar. Without the house, distant about four or five rods was broken open through the door and five or six pecks of apples were stolen. How much is a peck of apples? A bushel and a peck. <laughs> is that a that a bushel <laughs> i totally forgot that that's a saying i was like that's why i thought of bushel when she said peck Can you imagine if we did this today still merry christmas give me everything you have food this is a robbery <laughs> give me the best wine give me the most expensive moscato you have <laughs> give me your most expensive boxed wine i'll take it i'll play slap the bag right now let's go <laughs> just kidding just kidding i won't do that so number three on the list is it was once illegal to celebrate Christmas. No. In 1659, the Massachusetts Bay Colony banned Christmas with the penalty for keeping Christmas. 
The reason was festivals were superstitiously kept in other countries, were a great dishonor of God and offense to others. You know what I bet it really was? I bet you the landlords got together and they're like, these people gotta stop. <laughs> and you know what's gonna make them stop? We're gonna ban Christmas. These carolers have to stop taking all my wine. I'm tired of <laughs> enough's it. Enough's enough. Enough is enough. We're getting rid of Christmas. <laughs> It's like the the mom, like, I'm going to turn this car around. <laughs> Don't, I will turn this Christmas around. <laughs> if you were found not working on Christmas Day or feasting, God forbid, you would have to pay for every such offense five shillings, which would be five shillings today is $48. Uh, that's nothing. You're, you're like, I'm still going to celebrate Christmas by breaking into my landlord's house. I'll pay $48 for their best bottle. $48 is my gas. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. The idea for tinsel actually came from spider webs. That actually kind of tracks. I see it. Oh, no. Are you never going to be able to look at tinsel again? <laughs> maybe not. And maybe I'm developing a phobia. No. <laughs> An old European story went that a widowed mother was too poor to pay for Christmas tree decorations, so some kind spiders spun beautiful webs over the tree, which shone silver and gold in the morning light. Some say the story inspired the invention of tinsel, and some Ukrainian and German homes will decorate their tree with a jeweled spider thanks to this tale. Wait, why did I tear up? I'm getting a spider to put on my tree. That's so sweet. I'm putting a spider on my tree. I actually think my mom has a glass spider like ornament on her tree. I love that, and I'm copying her. I love that. I love this Christmas story. See, spiders are nice, guys. <laughs> No, they're not. <laughs> don't, don't, don't kill give the them spiders, that reputation guys. just yet. Don't kill them, at least. They give us tinsel. They don't really. But what if they did? <laughs> as soon as we stop recording, I'm putting a spider on my Christmas tree. Because, yes, I have fake spiders on hand. So mince pies, or tarts of flesh, as they were called in 1390, good God, used to contain real meat. Puritans also attempted to ban them altogether. According to a 1390 cookbook, they were made with pork, hard-boiled eggs, and cheese, spices, saffron, and sugar. Then, in 1615, the recipe became an entire leg of mutton and three pounds of suet. Wow. Along with salt, cloves, mace, currants, raisins, prunes, dates, and orange peel. That's just a lot of things. It's a modge podge of things that... They were like, oh, yeah, throw some of this in, some of that. Like, a lot of just flavors happen. I've never had a mince pie. Have you had a mince pie? I don't plan on it. I've never had a mince I don't eat meat, so I'm probably not. I'm not a or chicken pot they... pie girly, so I don't think I would be a mince pie girly. You're not a meat pie girl? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded weird. I'm sorry. But let me know why I thought when they said real meat, I thought they meant human flesh. I 100% thought this was going to turn into a Sweeney Todd thing. <laughs> But yeah, I totally thought we were going to get into some Sweeney Todd territory. I'm a little disappointed we didn't. But don't worry. We're going to talk about a cannibal scarecrow later. Some say under Puritan Cromwell, the pies were banned in England for being too frivolous and luxurious. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why the word frivolous makes me laugh, but the word frivolous gets me. However, Washington Irving wrote in 1850 that... 
the fiery persecution of poor mince pies throughout the land when plum porridge was denounced a mere poppery i don't know what that's a poppery i don't know poppery i yeah i don't know this wasn't true the bill never passed so i okay so they were never banned by puritans but they definitely tried why did so that because they were frivolous (laughs) (laughs) too luxurious the mince pies were too luxurious and the puritans were like we can't have this can't have the peasants eating this no you know what i'm a conspiracy theory here i think the landlords again (laughs) tried (laughs) because they're like i'm just trying to sit and enjoy my frivolous mince pie and my nice wine and And these these carolers keep stealing it (laughs) these carolers keep breaking in and taking my my frivolous luxurious pies these freaking landlords (laughs) out to get everybody they're just trying to ruin christmas oh my god i'm sorry i don't know why i'm so tickled by all of this this is such a fun article (laughs) so number six on this list is Allow me to introduce you to Mary Lude, a festive horse skull. I'm in. I don't know what it is. (laughs) But I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) The Welsh tradition, which is still observed in some towns, may come from a folktale about a mare that wandered for days while Mary had Jesus in what was originally the horse's stable. The story goes on that the horse was looking for somewhere to birth her own fowl. Ultimately, though, nobody is sure of these origins. What is for sure is that a horse skull draped in a cloak and crowned with flowers and lights is tapestried through some Welsh villages between Christmas Day and the Twelfth Night to this day. So the legend is that Mary took this horse's stable so the horse couldn't give birth in her own stable and had to wander around because Jesus was being born? Because the landlord wouldn't let her in. <laughs> Landlords and innkeepers are the enemy of this podcast. <laughs> the innkeeper wouldn't give Mary and Joseph a room. Mary inconvenienced this horse so, Mary- so much. Yes, inconvenienced this mare and now... All right, <laughs> guys, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the landlords and innkeepers that caused all these problems for this mayor, and I'm mad about it. This could have been avoided. So number seven, the Nutcracker is a beautiful ballet based on a truly terrifying kid's story. I think this one I knew, but ever heard of the Nutcracker and the Mouse King by German author E.T.A. Hoffman? Well, it's a tale on which the ballet is based, and its terrifying plot starts when a seven-year-old girl slices her arm open after being shocked by seeing her Nutcracker toy come to life. Her grandfather, so it seems, tells her a story about a man cursed by a witch to become an ugly Nutcracker, to which the child, Marie, says she'd marry him anyway. So she gets taken to the toy kingdom to actually marry the Nutcracker. Marie is a specter of a character, a girl who exists only to take care of her imagined prince, a girl who vanishes, disempowered, and subjugated to a kingdom ruled by dolls. I had no idea that the Nutcracker was actually a terrifying tale. I thought it was just a fun ballet. I didn't know that the girl sliced her arm open, but I knew it had like some scary, scarier parts. All right, number eight. 
Oh, your town doesn't have a festive visit from a cannibalistic scarecrow who roams the fields searching for children? Sounds like you're in need of a Hans trap. So we did a little bit of a deeper dive in this particular story. If you've never heard of this child-eating scarecrow for Christmas, Hans Trapp is a legendary figure in the Alsace and Lorraine regions of France. The most popular variation of his story says he was a cruel man of great wealth. The legend says he gained his wealth through magic and pacts with demons and that he worshipped Satan. The tales say when the Vatican heard of Trapp's cruelty and occult activities, he was arrested and brought before the Pope. He was excommunicated, and upon returning home to France, he discovered that his land and property had been confiscated, and he was left without a single penny. He was banished to the woods in Germany. It's said that he was so enraged that he devoted himself more to his dark sorcery. That just reminds me of, there's a meme from The Office, and it's... It's Pam telling Michael, she's like, I want you to stop dating my mother. And he's like, I'm going to start <laughs> dating her even harder now. <laughs> so it's like, they're like, we want you to stop your dark sorcery. And he's like, I'm going to do my dark sorcery even harder now. <laughs> he wanted revenge on the villagers who exiled him and took his property. He went insane in the woods and soon found himself craving human flesh. As you do. As one does when they go insane in the woods. He would have been the one to make the human flesh mince pie. <laughs> he would have Sweeney taught at that. Oh, for sure. So legend says he would dress as a scarecrow and wait in the fields for his prey, children, that he would kidnap and kill before butchering them and roasting them over a fire. Parents of northeastern France warned their children that every Christmas, Hans Trapp's spirit would come back dressed as a, as a scarecrow and enact revenge on abducting naughty children. The legend of Hans Trapp seems to originate from the real life of Hans von Trotha, who was born in 1450 and died in 1503. He was a knight who was entrusted with two castles in the Palatine territory, which included territories in both France and Germany. He had a dispute with an abbot over property and possessions in one of the castles that he was given, which was supposedly originally the monastery's possessions, and the abbot refused to give them up. So he created a dam which stopped the water supply of the village below. The abbot complained, and he finally tore down the dam which flooded the village below and caused massive economic damage. So then he began attacking the abbot, and when the emperor couldn't persuade him to stop, the abbot went to the Vatican. The pope summoned him to be questioned about his loyalty to the church, and he declined the visit instead, writing a letter accusing the pope of immorality. In response, he was excommunicated and had an imperial ban upon him by the emperor shortly after his excommunication, and he died two years later of natural causes. Damn, and I'm not trying to be punny he built a dam i didn't mean that but wow yeah that story escalated very quickly yeah he uh so hans trapp the fictional character was mad that his land was taken do you think he was a landlord it was a landlord <laughs> you think do you think he was the landlord and the carols carolers took his property and absolutely he's enacting revenge yep <laughs> he's like i gotta get back to them somehow 
I'll support the demons. I like how we're just making up our own Christmas traditions based <laughs> off of all these crazy Christmas things we're reading. We're like, all right, landlords hated mince pie. Or no, they <laughs> loved mince pie, but didn't want the carolers to steal them. So they outlawed it. And then they canceled Christmas. And Hans Trapp is an evil scarecrow who was also <laughs> a landlord. Where will we go from here? Merry Christmas. <laughs> so back to the BuzzFeed list. Number nine is Santa comes down the chimney for lots of spooky supernatural reasons. I love spooky supernatural reasons. Oh! He doesn't just come down the chimney for normal reasons like everybody else. Nah. So if there's one thing evil creatures like to do at old-timey folktales, it was come down chimneys. Like witches. Hey, witches aren't evil. Not all of them. Uh, witches came down chimneys. Goblins came down chimneys. And in fact, 19th century Pennsylvania... Belschnickel also came down the chimney. And if you guys are Office fans, like I just, this is the second time I'm bringing up The Office, but <laughs> Dwight dresses up as Belschnickel in season nine. And this creature would whip ch- children who had been naughty, as the legend goes. What did he say? Are you impish or? Admirable. Were you impish or admirable? Mm. Whipped him with a stick. Well, that is kind of terrifying. <laughs> a little bit. Why do they have so many scary Christmas creatures? I was threatened enough, like, I I was scared enough of getting a lump of coal for Christmas. I didn't need the threat of cannibalism and whipping with a stick. <laughs> yeah, I could do without that. Just kind of, like, it brings down the whole mood. You know, it just really <laughs> brings down the Christmas cheer. I'm just trying to enjoy my frivolous meat pie <laughs> and my stolen wine from the landlord while I go caroling. <laughs> and... And then Belschnickel's coming along <laughs> trying to whip me <laughs> for stealing stuff. So number 10 on this list, the tradition of making a gingerbread home at Christmas supposedly comes from the deeply spooky and also cannibalistic tale of Hansel and Gretel, which I feel like I knew. Yes, I think I knew this too, but what is with Christmas and cannibalism? <laughs> I don't like it. The original fairy tale, the house was made from bread and the roof was cake, but over time, the story has been told many different ways, and one version is the whole house was made of gingerbread, possibly inspiring this Christmas tradition. But the story isn't exactly comforting. It focuses on two abandoned children who face death at the evil hands of a cannibalistic witch before eventually fooling her into climbing in her own oven like that's a super fun family activity yeah you know build a gingerbread house to lure children and eat them make (laughs) them into pies and eat them okay wait hear me out so (laughs) i'm not i'm not condoning any of this (laughs) where are you going i'm just making up more of a christmas legend okay hans trap is the cannibalistic scarecrow (laughs) he is in cahoots with the witch in hansel and gretel they build the house together, the gingerbread house, because he lost his house. They took his house because the landlord. Because the landlords took and it. So they they make this gingerbread house to lure children, and then they trap the children and cook them and make the mince pies, which is why the Puritans tried to cancel Christmas. You know, as insane as it sounds, None of it kind of works. Everybody. It makes sense. I am weaving my own crazy Christmas tale, everybody. None of this is true, but it's fun. <laughs> So number 11 on this list is mistletoe was once used to pardon criminals. 
And this is one that we were also interested in and did a little bit of a deeper dive on. So in the north of England, mistletoe grows on lime, poplar, apple, and hawthorn trees. And druids believed in the power of mistletoe to ward off evil spirits. So they used it as a sign of friendship, thus the custom of kissing under the mistletoe. But because mistletoe was associated with druids, the early church associated with sinners and evil and decided to ban mistletoe for use and display in churches. But people in York were pretty independent and mistletoe at Christmas remained popular there after the druids were long gone. For a while, mistletoe was incorporated into a church service of repentance and pardon. So York Minster held a winter mistletoe service where York's miscreants I hate that word. I feel like that's a weird word. And evildoers were in... <laughs> I sound like... I don't know. I sound like I'm narrating the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> like, evildoers beware. <laughs> Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> Sorry. Professor. <laughs> Professor. So, York Minster held a winter mistletoe service where York's miscreants and evildoers were invited to seek forgiveness. Holding up a branch of mistletoe, the priest would declare... Public and universal liberty, pardon and freedom of all sorts of inferior and wicked people at the Minster Gate and the gates of the city towards the four quarters of heaven. Today, mistletoe services are no longer offered in quite that way, but a sprig of mistletoe still decorates the high altar during the holiday season as a reminder of ancient customs. And guys, we'll be linking all of the articles that we got our deep dives from, but yeah, they're also all linked in the BuzzFeed article that we're reading but that was cool i didn't know mistletoe was used to pardon criminals or had any association with druids me either i was just like oh hey they think it's a cute little leaf we're gonna kiss under it it looks so pretty (laughs) so number 12 leaving out milk and cookies for santa is a great tradition that blew up in the hardships of the great depression Today in the U.S., it's a tradition to obviously leave out a plate of cookies and a glass of milk for Santa on Christmas Eve. But according to one theory, the tradition started from an older tradition when families would stuff a stocking with goodies for Santa and leave them hanging on the chimney, which is how Santa gets into the houses, as everyone knows. Cookies and milk for Santa took off as an American tradition in the 30s during the Great Depression. Many parents were trying to teach their children that it was important to give to others when they could. So the original roots of the holiday food tradition go back even farther, all the way back to ancient Norse mythology. Odin, the most important Norse god, was said to have an eight-legged horse named Slipnir, Sleepner, maybe, um, which he rode with a raven perched on his shoulder. During Yule, children would leave food out for the horse in hopes that Odin would leave gifts for them in return. I like that. I didn't know about the Norse tie-in there. That's pretty cool. I remember in, maybe it was like elementary school, maybe like first or second grade, the teachers made us leave one shoe out in the hallway and then we had to go back into our classroom and then we would wait a few minutes and then we would go back out and there would be like a piece of candy in our shoe and they're like, oh, Santa came. That's so cute. I thought I was dumb and I thought you like left your shoe at school like, <laughs> and went home and I'm like, what? That's Catholic school for you. <laughs> That's really cute though. A little candy in your shoe, in your little tiny little shoe. Oh, I love it. So number 13 on the list is we could leave out stockings because of an old myth about poverty. So in Donald E. Dossie's book, Holiday Folklore, Phobias, and Fun, 
The, he links the tradition uh, to the story of a 4th century bishop who overheard a distressed man fretting that he didn't have enough to give all three of his daughters a dowry. Oh, boo. Dowries. This was a big deal because unmarried women and women without a dowry would often stay unmarried, often became destitute. Damn. Damn. So the story goes that St. Nicholas, the OG Santa, snuck down the family's chimney and stuffed the drying stockings by the fire with gold. Don't tell me that Christmas stockings started because men needed to pay for their daughters to get married. No. Women needed to be married. I don't like that one. I'm 30 and unmarried. I'd be. What a time. Wouldn't you want to live back then? I don't know what I'd be. There'd be legends about me being an old witch. Are you destitute? (laughs) Apparently. Oh my god. Number 14 on our list. Baubles could derive from decorations that were created to deter witches. So this is like the origin of tree ornaments. So hanging ornaments on Christmas trees is a tied and true Christmas tradition. It's been rumored that the traditional round glass Christmas ornaments, like the, the baubles as they say, have descended from something called witch balls. Yeah, we said witch balls. Witch balls are hollow reflective glass balls, usually blue, green, or purple, that were hung in windows of cottages in the 18th century. They were used for divining or carrying salt or simply as decoration. But their main use was warding off witches, or sometimes they were said to be given by witches to ward off other bad spirits. It was thought that the witch balls would confuse, attract, or entrap evil spirits, protecting other items and people in their home. If the witch ball remained clear and bright, you could consider yourself safe, and any dimming of the ball might mean something bad was approaching. So the term witch ball may actually be a misrepresentation of the term watch ball, as in a ball that watches out for something. And it was also believed that which slash watch balls might show the future that's pretty cool that is really cool i also i love when things like that change with language how like it got misheard Mm -hmm. one time probably somebody said watch ball but somebody heard witch ball and then like stayed as witch ball i love how language is language change like that and then that probably derived into like the crystal ball like you see your future in it's pretty cool Number 15 is The Good King Wenceslas from A Christmas Carol about helping someone in a snowstorm was based on a real person who actually died horribly. And apparently, I don't know this Christmas Carol, but according to what I read, it's like the most famous Christmas Carol. (laughs) Maybe if I heard it sung, maybe I've heard a different version. But anyway, this story is pretty crazy. Good King Wenceslas is a very popular Christmas carol, but the history behind it is pretty gruesome. Wenceslas I, Duke of Bohemia, was also known as Vaclak the Good and lived in the year 907, yes, 907, to September 28, 935. And the reason that we know his exact date of death is because he was assassinated on the orders of his own brother, who was named Boleslas the Cruel. I mean, if you give him a name like that. Yeah, you're you're asking for it. <laughs> he's going to be pretty mean. 
Wenceslas didn't come from Christian origins. His grandfather had actually been converted to Christianity by St. Cyril and Methodius. His mother was the daughter of a pagan tribal chief, but she had been baptized before she was married. After young Wenceslas's father died, his grandmother was killed by assassins. But after the dust settled, the people of Bohemia decided Wenceslas should be their ruler. Wenceslas's mother ruled as regent until he reached the age of 18, at which point he banished her. Rude. <laughs> right? And he's the good guy in the story. Supposedly. I guess. To try to avoid further disputes, the country was split in two, and half of the country was given to his younger brother, Boleslas. Boleslas wasn't happy with this, and in September 935, he plotted with a group of noblemen to kill his brother. The three nobles stabbed Wenceslas before Boleslas ran him through with a lance. Wenceslas became known as a martyr and a saint almost immediately after his untimely death, and he was given the title of King of Bohemia after his death by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto. The words to the carol were written in 1853 by John Mason Neal, but the melody is much older. It's a 13th century tune called Tempus Adest Floridium in praise of the spring. The carol was written for the Feast of St. Stephen, better known as Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. And it celebrates the long tradition of charitable giving on the second day of Christmas. It's become one of the most popular carols ever written, and it was even performed by the Beatles. I feel like I have heard of this Christmas carol, but I might not be remembering it. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like I definitely need to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> I need to hear it, and maybe I'll know it. But also, he was... Wenceslas was stabbed and lanced in a church while he was praying, and then he was ultimately dismembered in front of the church. His brother did him dirty. I he was called he wasn't called the cruel for nothing. Man. But who has a Christmas carol now? So number sixteen. Toasting drinks comes from a frankly gross sounding food tradition. Would you dunk your toasted bread in a shared bowl of wine and eat it? Mm, I didn't think so. Well, you wouldn't have fit in, in the 14th century Christmas party scene, and that's exactly what the carolers liked to do back in the day. In fact, one chant went, Wassail, wassail, all over town, our toast, it is white, and our ale, it is brown. And you thought the mince pies were weird. This is weirder. It's the carolers. I bet you they were dunking the wine they stole from the landlords. <laughs> oh my god, for sure. With the bread. <laughs> All of that expensive wine and bread they stole. But okay, so I can't... I Dunking toasted bread in a shared bowl of wine sounds like taking communion, right? Mm-hmm. If you're all drinking from the same cup? Yep. Or like even... Maybe that's where that came from. Dipping it? Yeah, I don't know. The last tradition on this BuzzFeed list is number 17. In Iceland, the Yule Lads, I love that name, take the place of Santa. And stories about their punishments for badly behaved children were once so creepy it became illegal to tell them to children. Oh my god. I love this. Oh man, I wish I did a deeper dive on this one. Maybe for another episode. Maybe for our Patreon. We'll do a deeper dive on the Yule Lads. Heck yeah. Now, the celebration just 
mean kids leave shoes out and are either rewarded with candy or rotten potatoes. Did you ever get a rotten potato, Jess? I've never got a rotten potato. That's good. Well, that's because you're a good kid. I was a good kid. But historically, parents tormented their children with horror stories about the Yule Lads, whose names included Meat Hook, Doorway Sniffer, and Window Peeper. No! Sorry, Doorway Sniffer. Ew! God, they were tormented. The kids were tormented so badly it became illegal to tell these stories in 1746. Oh my god. I need to know who came up with those names. I mean... Did they give themselves the names or did somebody give them these names? Okay, so Doorway Sniffer and Window Peeper are pretty literal. Those are what they're doing. He's sniffing the doorway. He's being (laughs) creeping, peeping in the window. What is Meat Hook? What do you mean by meat hook? I'm picturing he has a hook for a hand like a pirate. Is he the hash-slinging slasher and he's just... <laughs> the, the landlords get back at him. The landlords. They took their revenge. Landlords. He's just a rotten old landlord. Man. We really came for landlords. <laughs> it wasn't our intention, but here we are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry if you're a landlord listening to our podcast. Watch out. I'm coming caroling at your house. <laughs> I'm going to steal your wine. But if you have any fun, spooky Christmas traditions that you know about that we miss, please let us know. DM us. We'll share it on our Instagram. And we hope you all had a wonderful holiday if you celebrate Christmas or if you had a wonderful Hanukkah. Yes. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Morgue. If you enjoy this podcast and want to learn more about forensics, keep on listening. You can find us on Instagram and now on Patreon, so go check us out over there. We'll be back next week with a brand new dissection. Bye! Bye.